Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and in the studio with me today, I have Dr. Jason Littleton. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. I'm so pleased that you came back because we had some great discussions off air, and I thought, no, we have to we have to share these with the listeners, and it's so important to to talk about certain of the things. Like, I want to talk today a little bit about anxiety and depression, and being in high power positions and toxic stress, and because a lot of people, you were telling me that a lot of your patients come to you with that kind of problem and what do you do and how do you manage it and we were just having such a great conversation in terms of mind and brain and we did a facebook live together on your facebook live which was so much fun and you asked some excellent questions thank you so i mean we we should just talk about that that was really great information and i think let's just talk about a few of those things that we talked about on the facebook live as well because i just think there's so much we can that we can all benefit from from your, your knowledge about medicine and how you approach medicine. It's so different to the standard run of the mill situation that's happening in this day and age, you know, in and out the office in 15 minutes and yeah. dealing with that basic stuff. But where I want to start today, Jason, is just tell the, tell the listeners who you are, for those that haven't listened. Thank you. My and pleasure. then I want to start with the runaway bride. I want to start with okay. that story right. that you were telling me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, he- hello, everyone. Again, my name's um, Dr. Jason Littleton, and I am a concierge physician from Orlando. I'm the chief of family medicine at ORMC, and it's a pleasure to be back on your podcast. So Thank you so much. back. Well, you know, again, it's, it's just an honor. I love everything that you do. Thank you so much. And I love what you do. So the feeling is mutual. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Um, you know, again, The Runaway Bride. Well, that's first a, of all. That's a movie. That's yeah, that's a movie. Well, that's, that's a movie. movie with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. And I think, you know, um, pretty popular movie. And I, I talk about it in my book because, you know, Julia Roberts is one of um, her name in the uh, movie is Maggie Carpenter. And, you know, she has an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, basically, in the movie, you know, she would date many guys and they get so far to the altar and then she would stand them up at the altar. And then Richard Gere, who was the investigative reporter in the movie, mm-hmm. wanted to find out, you know, about this uh, Maggie uh, Carpenter girl. Well, he ends up, you know, falling in love with her. And uh, next thing that happens, uh, he gets stood up at the altar. And it wasn't until Richard Gere, um, again, the reporter in the movie, confronts Julia Roberts, who's Maggie Carpenter, and says, you know, the issue is that you really don't know who you are. You don't know what you want to do. You don't know what your purpose is. Mm. That's why you keep standing people up. That's what he figured out. And, you know, at that moment, Julia Roberts had a heartfelt moment, and she realized, you know what? He's right. I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what I really Mm -hmm. like to do. Mm -hmm. The next couple scenes in the movie, you see her discovering, uh, you know, and trying out new things finding out what hobbies she likes, what foods she likes, what she actually wants to do and who she really is. And when she goes through this pathway of discovering at the end of the movie, um, you know, Richard Gere and her, they, they do end up getting married. And for the first time in her life, she actually makes a commitment. But the moral to that story is, is that you can't make commitments unless you know who you are and, and mm-hmm. what you want to do. So I think it's fascinating because in my practice, I start there with my patients. And when I find out what they're excited about, then I can change their health because now I can motivate them with that passion or what it is they feel like they're called to do. 
Well, I'm excited to hear that, Jason, because I'm a mind specialist. So when people came to me in my practice, I practiced clinically for 25 years and did the research, mind-brain research for 30 years. Now I go around the world teaching this concept. So I don't practice anymore. But one of the, um, I mean, as a mind specialist, I would work with people's mind issues. So we would work with learning issues from dementias to learning disabilities to autism to emotional things. So I dealt with a mind. Yeah. But you're a medical doctor. Right. And I'm hearing you say that you are, you're one of your first things that you do is find, identify people's purpose. I developed a profile in my book, The Perfect You. Um, I have one of, I have various different profiles that I developed helping people to understand their identity, right. their uniqueness, how they uniquely think, feel and choose. And one of those profiles is in the book, The Perfect You. And then we put another book coming out this year called Think, Learn, Succeed, where my yeah. other profile's in. And I have another version of the, uh, I have different versions of this profile in my online app called The Perfectly You. The point is that the first thing I would do with my patients is once I'd taken a case history, I would do at the, per, the Perfectly You profile, which I also call the, the one version is called the Perfectly You profile. The other version is called the gift profile. Yeah. And this all went two ways of approaching two sides of a coin. And the whole purpose was identity. Who am I? What right. am I here for? What right. is my purpose? I said all that long right. stuff to get to the point of the first thing I would do would be to help a person identify how it is that they uniquely think, feel and choose and make their choices. And because underlying what the research shows that underlying Literally all the problems that people go through in their mind is first for self-esteem. When right. We don't know who we are. We just don't. It, it, it manifests in so many different ways, either in jealousy or pride or yeah. overcompensation right. or depression or anxiety or just feeling burnt out. People you know, are insecure. To, exactly. Insecurity. I mean, people get so burnt out just trying to be who they think they should be instead right. of spending the energy on themselves, understanding who they are. And when you understand who you are, you can give out to others. But if you're so busy trying to be someone else, you have no energy left. To come back to what you were saying, number one, I'm a mind specialist. So dealing with mind and purpose and all this stuff is is normal for what I do. But you're a medical doctor. Most medical doctors are trained, well, not most, all are trained in the biomedical model, which focuses on the body and disease and ignores the mind. I've right. trained thousands of doctors and specialists yeah. and they're not trained in the mind. So how did you get into mind and how did you bring well, mind in your practice? You know, if we don't talk about the mind with our patients, I find that we don't get too far in terms of actual success in their health. I mean, right now, the way the medical field set up is that it's about value. It's about mm-hmm. seeing, you know, four patients within an hour, 30 patients within a day. Um, and it's, I call that cattle call because basically you're not focusing on the person. You're not focusing on the individual. You're not specifically tailoring what uh, the patient needs to be successful in their health. And it's, it's bad. The system's all wrong. And so what I do in concierge medicine We work with the mind to help people find out what their purpose is because when people get excited about life Mm -hmm. and what they're called to do, now they're motivated to live longer. And if you're motivated to live longer, now you're motivated to make changes so you can actually live longer. And you have to change Mm -hmm. the way you think. You have to change the way you eat. You have to change the way you exercise. But if you don't know why you're doing these things, if you don't know who you are, you're not going to see why you should do it. Well, this is, this is what you're telling me is that you are in disease prevention as opposed to just pure disease management. Exactly. Which is the way medicine has gone these right. days is disease management. And what you, what I'm hearing you say is that your patients need to take account, need to be accountable. They need to take accountability for their own health. 
you know, it's not just coming to you, give me a, you know, give me a prescription and off they go and then come back again with the next problem. It is actually looking at why do you have this issue? What are you? And you're starting with purpose. You're starting with mind. Right. And because mind is actually the dominant factor, you know, this is something I talk about in my book, The Perfect You. And uh, we were talking about it on your Facebook Live. And it's something I teach and have researched for years is this concept of the mind, the non-conscious and the conscious mind and how our non-conscious mind and conscious mind are are the 90 to 99% of who we are as humans. And what the physical, what we look like and what we are actually saying and doing, what the world sees us saying and doing, is only the 1% to 10%. Yet we're focusing on the 1% to 10%. We're focusing on the pure physical manifestation and the physical body as opposed to focusing on what's behind that. Because what we're seeing is the product. What we need to look at is what is the, how did you get to the end product? Right. So, and, and that's what I've tried to focus on for years. And this is what I'm hearing you saying. And, and if you look, I don't know if you're aware of the statistics that the CDC brought out between 2014 and 2015, they were showing that people are dying for the first time in decades, 15 to 25 years younger than what they were. So, and they, they were so concerned that if that same pattern occurred between 15 and 16, they said we pretty much have entered a pandemic problem a time, a, a pandemic era yes. where people for the first time in decades are dying from lifestyle, preventable lifestyle diseases. So it, it's does this not mean living. that it's unfocused living? And don't you think this time has come where we need to work together as teams? Absolutely. Which is what you and I are trying to do. Right. By working together, you and I are trying to change this kind of mentality exactly. and set up a new way of doing medicine where people in their various specialities work together. Me with mind, you with medicine. And then putting our combined expertise together and, and exactly. helping people to, to, to change lifestyle. Right. It's about choices. People have to understand the choices that they make. And without focusing on the mind, then people will make random decisions. They're not really random, but they're making decisions that they don't really understand. Whether it's decisions mm-hmm. in terms of what they're going to eat today or how they're going to live their life. And these things have an impact on them and it reverberates for good or bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, working, I get passionate about working with patients so that they can understand why they choose the things they choose. Very good. So that they can make long-term decisions that impact their health in a positive way. That's incredible. So choice is fundamental and that's something that um, we know from the work that I've done is that um, choice is, is the activation of the genetic coding in the brain. Right. So when you, you know, you, as you're thinking and feeling, you're generating this quantum energy through your brain and your and every cell of your body. So when you think, you know, the, of the fact that as humans, we are made of 75 to 100 trillion cells, something like that. Yeah. And every thought is that we're thinking is generating quantum energy instantaneously right. in every single one of those cells. Exactly. We have so much power in ourselves to be able to change the way that we function. So the, how the mind-body medicine is really the thing of the future. Would, would, would you speak to that just for a moment, mind-body medicine? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is, this is what I'm trying to, um, you know, really tell the world about, that when you talk about mind-body medicine, you're really talking about whole-person medicine. No longer mm-hmm. are people, we're just, we're not just a body, you know. We're a spirit being, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And you it's- have to deal with the whole person in order to be successful. Um, when you're dealing with a disease, when you're dealing with a chronic issue, you have to have a person take responsibility in terms of their choices and mm-hmm. understand what they can do. I feel like as a doctor, I'm a dot connector, but in between the lines, mm-hmm. the patient has to connect the dots. They have so they can create a picture of what they want their life to be. And it starts mm-hmm. with talking with people about how are they thinking? 
what they're passionate about, and what their goals are, and how they're going to get there to succeed and accomplish them. And that's very much mind-body medicine. And I know Andrew Wheel, he's also very into yeah. he, and he trains lots and lots of doctors. And I know there's a there's a move currently in medicine right. to to change the way, although in the actual medical training, there's still no mind component brought into the training. There's you know, not. These, Unfortunately, there's yeah. not. It's, we're not taught this in medical school. No, and you know, it's still like that. You know, I, I used to get called in to train medical students, but they, they didn't. It was it was almost more how to learn, right. as opposed. And then now, then in, once the doctors are graduated, then I'd go in and give them some skills on and techniques on the mind and how it works. And but it's always it was always seen as not the major component. It was always seen as oh well hand that off to someone else. And it's unfortunate. But yeah, you're the first port of call. This is the thing. People will go to the medical doctors when they have a depression or an anxiety or in a high-stress job situation. And I right. know you deal with a lot of that in your concierge practice with right. people under you know depression, anxiety, high-stress situations. Exactly. You know, you know, a lot of the um, clients that I have are high-functioning uh, executives that, you know, they don't get great sleep. They do deal with anxiety concerns, depression concerns, mood disorders. And the thing is, you know, you have to act. You can't just treat the symptom with a medication Mm -hmm. because it doesn't get to the root cause. Mm -hmm. You actually have to uh, show them what's going on, how they can overcome it themselves and take responsibility with it themselves. Because medicines, they just mask it. They don't cover it up. It doesn't fix the problem. Can you say that again? Yeah. Again, medicines, they don't fix the problem. They just mask it. So, Jason, I just want you for a moment distinguish for the listener between medicine and medicine okay so medicine for cardiovascular disease or insulin for diabetes that's fantastic that is a gift from god right that the medicines that we have in surgeries these are just absolutely amazing you and i both think that's wonderful yeah exactly what we're talking about here for those of you that are listening is that Jason and I are very concerned about psychotropic medications, right. which are not really medications, they're drugs, and they have an anesthetizing effect, and, and they have a they tend, tend to immobilize the brain and cause damage in the brain, especially over time, progressively. And these psychotropics include your antidepressants, your anti-anxiety meds, the antipsychotics and stimulants like Ritalin for children and adults with so-called ADD and ADHD. I just did a whole series of podcasts, Jason, on ADD and ADHD, um, just showing how that's not even a scientific category. Yeah, right. And it's just how the overdiagnosis and how we're oh actually damaging our it's future. It's a label with no scientific basis. Right. And depression and anxiety, all these things as well, they're not diseases of the brain right. that require medication. So what's happened is that we're in a society now where mind is being classified under body. And so if you've got an, if you lose a loved one or if you're going through a high stress job or yeah. something like that, people get told that they now have a disease of the brain. Right. Meanwhile, we've got to look at the person like you've been saying so right. beautifully. And in their context, they're in a high pressure job. They're not sleeping. They're not eating properly. They're not managing their stress in the correct way. So they're landing up causing damage in their brain. They're literally damaging the brain. Yeah. And that's manifesting with. Um, within the category of, of, if you had to describe symptoms of depression or anxiety, and then they think they have a disease and they need a medication. And that's not the answer. The answer is, like you've right. been saying, let's look back at the lifestyle diseases. And this is exactly what I was referring to, yeah. that the CDC was saying that the reason today the gold standard is you have come in with high anxiety or depression, you get given a benzo, you get right. given an antidepressant. Yeah. That's not the answer. No, it's not the answer. I always tell my patients that if you give a pill to help someone in their thinking, it doesn't rewire their thinking it doesn't create new tracks it doesn't create new thought patterns very well said it, it just it, it creates a feeling sometimes that some people associate with better thinking and that's it's not better the thinking. It doesn't exactly it's, it numbs the emotions it doesn't make better choices that's beautiful and that's the problem it doesn't make better choices it right. numbs the emotions 
Exactly. And it's damaging the brain in the process. So I've never seen it in my practice where a person has taken a pill and made better choices. It just creates a feeling or like you said, a numbness, so to speak. Exactly. But the but the issue is still there. And because these thoughts Absolutely. are real, you know, your mind, the quantum energy that, that your mind generates, right. the structures that you build, the little dendrites that, that hold the memories inside your brain, these are physical things. Right. And if they're toxic, our brain's not wired for toxicity. So when we React incorrectly. We've got these toxic structures in the brain that we built, so and that's well going to cause that's going to cause all kinds of symptoms. I am seeing broken people that actually need to be fixed, and you mm-hmm. cannot just throw a pill at them and think that they're fixed. They're still broken people with the pill. And we want to build people up. We really want to change the way that they think. We want to empower them, and you empower people by helping them to feel better when they're making decisions that they feel like they can be responsible for, and they can be accountable for, and that they can live a longer and better life for and this is so i'm so concerned about this that it's something that um even when i wrote my latest book the first two sections are really dedicated on helping people with goals and thinking and the mind and the last section is about okay here are 10 tips so that you can eat better 10 tips so you can sleep better and so to speak because if i don't fix the person it doesn't matter what tips i throw at they're not going to uh, habituate it. They're not going to practice it because they're not going to be able to hold on to it with incorrect thinking. Exactly. You know, Jason, I'm so excited to hear what you're saying because it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's so vitally important that, that, that people hear that there's in the medical world, there is a shift. And I know I work with a lot of people that are shifting in this direction like yourself. So I'm so thrilled and want to thank you for having this approach that and helping the population not to not not to realize and to realize that medication right. is not it's psychotropics are not the answer to dealing with depression. I mean, there's some doctors like Dr. Peter Gotcha who heads up the Cochrane Foundation, and he actually he's so 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 incredibly qualified, has done so much research. He actually makes the statement that all of these psychotropics should be off the market. They're not helping us; right. they're making it worse. And this this CDC stats that I quoted that people are dying 15 to 25 years younger from yeah. preventable lifestyle diseases. A lot of this they're attributing to two major major things. One is psychotropics, which are shortening people's lifespans, and, and its research has shown that they do. And the other thing is the diet. And then, and then also the undealt with thought life. So when you've got an undealt with thought life, you're taking a medication that's damaging your brain and you're eating bad food. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And I'm hearing you say that you are recognizing this in your patients and you are working counter to that. You're teaching them eat properly, sleep properly, do right. the exercise. But number one, Make the right choices. Get your mind right. Exactly. Don't just look for the tablet that's going to numb the emotion. Depression is not a disease. Right. Depression is a label. It's, a, it's not even a label. Sorry. Depression, it can, if you can make it a label, that will lock you in. Depression is a, is a, is a descriptive category. Right. Telling us that something is not right in our life. Right. And it's something to, and this may sound crazy, but it's something to be celebrated yeah. in a certain aspect because when we recognize there's a disturbance in our psyche right. and depression is telling us that there's a disturbance in our psyche, we can celebrate. I can actually feel I can recognize I have the ability as a human right. to feel that there's something wrong and that is an absolute gift from God and then from there we can actually start working on it exactly. so we can start can overcome it exactly and that's why I do the 21 day detox I love what you said. which is years of, of research and showing how people over time over cycles of 21 days can get to the root of the problem and rewire that out of your brain yeah. if you've wired something in you can wire it out which is what you're teaching your patients yeah and I love what you said because when people see it when people see the pressure as 
a disease, they feel like they can't overcome it. It's there for them long term. But when you when you realize that, you know, hey, this just means they have some I have something to deal with. I have something that I need to change mentally. Then I can overcome it. I can feel like this is not um, with me my entire life. And I think people just they get um, so I would say disempowered when they feel like it's a chronic condition. Like that's, heart disease or stroke mm. or something like that. And you can't overcome it, but you can. That's so fantastic. Please hear what Dr. Littleton is saying. It's it's You, you don't have to be disempowered. Right. Depression is not a disease. It's not like diabetes. We've been misinformed. The public has been misinformed that it's a chemical imbalance and that you're missing serotonin right. and that you just need some serotonin and you'll be fine again. Right. Why is it still being uh, being pushed forward? Well, it's a nice money-making thing for the pharmaceutical industries. But it's not scientific, never has been proven. There's no biological um, t- biological test. There's no blood test. There's no scan. Nothing that can show you right. that you have depression. What we will see from brain imaging, which is very inaccurate anyway, is that there's something going on. But your brain responds to your mind. Your brain doesn't produce your mind. Right, your, exactly. Your, the physical can't produce the non-physical. The non-physical controls the physical. Right. So therefore, when we see something on a brain scan, you, if, someone, if you go into someone who's saying from a brain scan you have depression that's a dangerous thing right. what we're seeing from a brain scan is the result of years of incorrect yeah, thinking exactly. so we have to tackle our thinking yeah before it, we can we can move on and i have to say that some people say hey well you know i was just born this way i was born thinking this way well you know what you can change it okay exactly. you can change that if you were born that way then change it see it, 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 like you just said again the mind changes the brain And, you know, it doesn't matter what condition, mentally, cognitively, you think you were born in, you have the power to change it. That's what's so incredible. And the whole thing of being born, I mean, I know I've had people that send me emails and will say that you just don't know my circumstances. Well, everyone goes through something. Everyone, we're human. We go through life. We all have a story. And I respect and honor every single person's story, as I know you do in your practice. The point is that we have influences that do pass through the generation. And, And Jason, that's called epigenetics. You know, I mean, yes. you know about epigenetics. So for the listeners, this is this concept of things of the way that our mind changes our brain is the concept of epigenetics, the, the, the signal over and above the gene, the signal that actually switches the genes on. When your genes switch on, you physically change your brain. So for structural change to occur in your brain, you have to activate your genes. And what activates your genes is your thinking. And then these patterns will pass through the sperm and the over to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. So yes, we are born with stuff. We are born with our core nature, which is actually perfect according to science. And then we have stuff that has come through from the generations, from our parents and our grandparents and our great-great-grandparents, including the eating habits, including on the paternal right. and the maternal side, including what they have eaten. But it's not something that you have to live into. This is the beauty of epigenetics. And I think we should do another show on epigenetics. Absolutely. Because I'm sure this is a big factor that plays yes. a role in your practice. Oh, my God. But essentially, I want to leave the listeners with just this thought before we get into this in another podcast, is that epigenetics, the things that come through from the generations, as Dr. Jason has said, people say, well, I was born with it. And Jason said, yes, you were born with it, but you can change it. You see, whatever you're born with that is not part of your natural design is something that is actually asleep. So you have to either wake it up or destroy it. So you have the ability with the power of your choices to live into the things that are in your in your family bloodline, or you can choose to change right. them. By choosing to change them, you generate mind power, which then changes your brain. You're very much in control of your life. Jason, thank you so much for being here again today. I'm so excited to be working together. We're going to be doing some research together in the future. 
and you're part of our integrated mind network yes. and you're going to be at our conferences yes. and lots more podcasts and i'll be on your facebook live again yes. so watch this space for lots more from jason and myself thank you this is dr caroline Lee. thank you for joining me today <laughs>